0: Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing well. So I've been asked by, oh, quite a few people to give my thoughts on the Panama Papers. And I think you'll find it a fascinating dark Dickensian tale of skullduggery manipulation and the not-action movie titled Regulatory Capture Scenario. So for those who don't know, about a year ago, a German newspaper had leaked to it 11.5 million documents from a Panamanian law firm named Mossack- Fonseca. And uh, it is 2.6 terabytes of data. Hey, slightly more than we do in podcast downloads a month. And this uh, data shows billions of dollars worth of transactions dating back about 40 years. So, well, that's quite a lot. Now, setting up these offshore vehicles, uh, it's fairly common for corporations, family offices, run of the mill billionaires, investment funds, and so on. So the idea is you set up corporations in low or no tax geographical jurisdictions, and then you can send cash to it, park cash there, you can have them store shares, other assets, even art can be um, sheltered under these companies. Now, setting up these structures, yeah, just a couple of thousand dollars, and once you hand your money over to law firms like Mossack Monsac Fonseca, they... Um, They draft it and register it in the local jurisdiction, then there are annual fees that are charged to maintain the company, and so on. Now, why does this happen? Well, it happens for a variety of reasons, but in particular in the U.S. Well, U.S. has the highest corporate tax rate of the 34 relatively free market market nations that make up the OECD. The marginal corporate tax rate in the United States is 35% at the federal level, and almost 40% once state taxes are included. So the global average is not 40% or almost 40%. It's about 25%. Uh, Switzerland has got the lowest at 8.5%. But if you factor in local taxes, it goes up to a little over 21%. Ireland, the lowest overall rate at 12.5%. So that is uh, one of the reasons why. And of course, everyone thinks, "Ooh, the corporations will pay taxes so that I don't have to. And of course, the Money that the corporations pay in taxes is deducted from your paycheck because there's less money to give you raises and all that kind of stuff. Now, these 400 journalists, uh, this leak group, we'll call them, uh, well, it could be said that there might be just a little bit of conflict of interest between the masters who fund them and their particular agenda. So, of course, the leak group has been funded by the pro-open borders George Soron, Soros, Soros, sorry, I always seem to get that wrong. Uh, Also chipping in to fund this investigative independent journalism is David Rockefeller, the Carnegie Corporation, the Ford Foundation, Goldman Sachs, and so on, and so on. None of of whom, of course, would ever be involved in anything that is uh, corrupt, and of course they always pay their taxes, and steadfastly refuse bailouts, saying, no, no, we make mistakes, we pay for them. Wait, sorry. I keep drifting into opposite land. So all of these organizations, uh, some significant left-wing impulses in there. They're all uh, funding this International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, and they say, uh, go forth and investigate all of these perhaps shady international financial practices. And uh, they have produced a whole bunch of lists, conspicuously absent from this investigative journalist's uh, scouring of the Panamanian data is US companies. Huh, interesting. They get a lot of funding from US corporations and charities. They don't seem to be printing any of the US uh, companies. They have been trying to tie other people in, like Vladimir Putin had a friend who played cello and his name has shown up and it's all very tenuous, but of course the the media in its rabid objectivity keeps putting pictures of of Vladimir Putin fr- first and foremost, Putin implicators like it's not true at all. So apparently um this is what investigative journalism has devolved into. Hey, a bunch of billionaires will pay you to print their enemy list, uh, but we'll just call it a leak. Unlike WikiLeaks, which put all of the information available to the public, this has been hoarded, right? This is cherry-picked information you are not getting. No one outside of this consortium is getting a full view of this data, and that, of course, is a huge problem because... Um, nobody is verifying, nobody is double-checking, nobody is seeing if people are skipping over stuff because of conflicts of interest uh, and so on. So, And people have noted that, you know, why are people talking about Putin when he doesn't even show up? Now, who does show up is David Cameron, uh, Prime Minister for now of England. His father, of course, lived in the UK. His father set up one of these offshore companies uh, and never paid any taxes in the UK on the money that went there. And that's, of course, become a problem. The Icelandic president has resigned because of conflicts of interest with regard to this. So 14,000 clients in total in the Panama Papers, 441 US-based clients, not one of them, to my knowledge as of now, has been named. Lots of other people. Jackie Chan, really important to know about his financial kung fu, but um, American companies not named. Now, why? Why? Well, it could be the sort of Pa- Planned Parenthood Video League thing where they put out a little bit, they wait for the denials to pile in, and then they hit them in the solar plexus of we never did anything of the kind by hitting them with data. But, you know, another possible theory uh, is that um, the U.S. companies could be uh, open to blackmail, uh, as could U.S. politicians, as could anybody who's not named. See, this is the problem, and you have this couple of hundred people gripping control with this fort around the data nobody can go in and double check who they're not going after and if they're not going after people it could be for reasons of blackmail and other things like that so it is a fairly significant omission uh, to not have the u.s uh, companies in there now of course everyone's getting mad at panama you know the, the Br- british virgin islands which was the number one destination or for these kinds of um, tax shell avoiding companies everyone's getting mad at this supposed overseas offshoring and so on but uh, The U.S., uh, and in particular Nevada, Wyoming, to a smaller degree Delaware, they are the new global tax havens. Um, uh, Tons of money rushing into the U.S. um, from overseas. I'm sure most of it clean, probably some of it not. But that money is welcome in the U.S., and uh, pretty much it's a no-questions-asked scenario because in the U.S., uh, you are shielded by about the most impenetrable tax secrecy laws available in this or any country other world. So the idea that the American government is going to get mad at other people for offering tax havens, well, (laughs) uh, a spear, as the saying goes, is a stick sharpened at both ends. It in fact, uh, throw it, goes into you as well. And the glass houses scenario is not unusual. And look, I mean, of course, there are going to be people on the left uh, who uh, openly rail against tax avoidance, who are going to be using these mechanisms. Yes, I'm talking to you, Yowlin Bono, uh, the singer for U2, who was like, we've got to help out the third world, and then um, ended up moving his money to the low ta- lowest tax environment possible. Michael Moore, well, anyway, the list basically goes on and on. Now, in the, at the risk of, of asking you to have sympathy for the devil's, uh, let's talk about some of the motivations for people to use these uh, instruments. So let's start with federal taxes. So federal taxes in the U.S., it's about two-thirds of the taxes that Americans pay. Because what's going to happen is, uh, I can predict this as sure as sunrise, uh, there's going to be a lot of shock and, oh, my God, the, the people aren't paying, the rich people aren't paying any taxes. We've got to regulate and control them more and put in more laws and, and close the loopholes. And, and the rich people love that stuff. They love that stuff. They may sort of publicly, oh, no, that's terrible. I wish to keep all of my filthy lucre to bathe in gold with. But uh, they love, particularly big financial firms, love additional regulations for reasons I'll get to in a moment. So federal taxes, two-thirds of the taxes Americans pay, and everyone's going to be whipping up this class resentment and uh, class baiting, oh, those rich people don't pay any taxes. okay. Uh, This is from a variety of sources that will be below, uh, slightly different dates, although I tried to get the most recent. The top 1% of Americans paid 33.4% of their expanded cash income, which is a sort of a broad measure of pre-tax income, in federal taxes. Federal taxes, not even the whole things. So, top 1% are paying 33% in federal taxes. The middle class Americans, those who are in the middle, 20% pay 13.7%. As opposed to over 33, the poorest pay 3.1 percent. The top 10 percent of taxpayers in America paid over 70 percent of the total amount collected in uh, 2010 federal income taxes, uh, and uh, that is uh, up from 55 percent in 1986. So uh, the um, the amount that the poor are paying. In taxes is generally declining, and the amount that the rich are paying in taxes is generally increasing. So the top ten percent pay seventy percent. The ninety percent of people pay just under thirty percent of the tax burden. Forty-seven percent of all Americans pay hardly anything at all in federal taxes. Uh, if you remember, Mitt Romney mentioned that we're not going to get we're not going to get uh, votes from people who want to cut taxes from the 47% of people who don't pay any taxes. And because um, Westerners in general have generally become, like, allergic to facts, you know, like you're hypersensitive to bee stings and facts are flying around you like bees. Run! Kill! Burn them with smoke! And um, so he said something that was kind of true, but you can't sell tax cuts to people who don't pay taxes. And everybody went crazy because facts are apparently society's enemy now until reality reminds us that uh, those who deny facts deny life the lowest paid Americans so they earned in 2010 about 8100 bucks but received nearly $25,000 in government aid which is why there's not a lot of poor people against the national debt or single moms against the national debt for that matter so the top bracket paid 69% of federal taxes the bottom bracket Paid 0.4 um, percent. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty low. Earners in the top 1% pay about 43% of their incomes in tax. Now. A lot of people, uh, even on the right, didn't like the sort of tax cuts for everybody in the early 2000s. And uh, the reason for that is that if you cut taxes for people paying barely any taxes at all, they no longer have a stake in the maintenance of property rights in the society, right? So there was a long time ago, I guess about 150 years ago, there was an argument that was actually enacted in law, which was that you have to have property in order to vote on taxes, because it's a conflict of interest to vote on taxes when you're on the receiving end of taxes and not really paying uh, much of any taxes. It's a complete... Can somebody on welfare objectively vote on taxing the rich and subsidizing the poor? Well, no. Uh, It is a financial conflict of interest, and uh, so you had to have property in order to vote on taxes, and thus taxes were kept relatively low. When uh, women and uh, poor people started getting the vote. Then what happened was, of course, they didn't have a lot of property. And so for them to vote to take away the property of others was relatively easy. So as of 2014, the top earning 1% of Americans pay almost half of federal income taxes. Uh, that's the largest share in uh, about three years. So the bottom 80% of Americans will pay 15% of all federal income taxes. Again, that's 2014. The bottom 6 are expected to pay less than 2% of federal income taxes, right? So almost two-thirds of the people are paying less than 2% of federal income taxes, two-thirds of Americans' tax burden. Now, the U.S. is very heavily dependent on income tax, right? So 37% of government revenue comes from income tax. That's compared to 24% in other countries. So it's pretty brutal to be a rich person in the United States. Uh, It's pretty brutal to be a corporation, which is why they're fleeing, you know, like a bunch of roaches when you flip the light on. And by the by, this is one of the reasons why the US government is so keen on driving up stock prices, because um, when you drive up stock prices, you trigger taxes for the rich. So yeah, just to remind you, the top 1% pay more in taxes than the bottom 90%. So the idea that the rich aren't paying their fair share, uh, I don't really know. Uh, You know, if uh, one person is uh, driving the wheelbarrow, and the other person is sitting in it, then uh, I don't really know that it's an equal share uh, of the burden. So, so you know, the idea that rich people want to use legal means—remember, offshore, um, uh, offshore companies parking money over there, going, putting your money in lower tax regimes—this is all legal. Uh, so you know, they're playing by the rules in order to minimize their losses. You know, that works in sports quite a bit. You know, you don't see boxers saying, well, I'm only going to box with my left hand, because otherwise I haven't... It's it's legal to box with both hands, so that's generally what they do. I mean, if you're never going to steal a base in baseball, well, you're really not using the proper ways to win a baseball game. So the fact that people use legal means to minimize their tax uh, payments when they're paying so much taxes already, not that surprising you know, people who avoid government predation in the past, you know, draft dodgers who don't want to get um, enslaved and forced to kill and die in unjust imperialistic wars well you know there's a way of looking at that as heroic slaves who escaped slavery uh, in the 18th and 19th centuries by taking the underground railroad road to Canada were not called like shirkers and lazy people who just didn't want to put their fair share into picking cotton no they were heroic at getting out of an unjust system and um, the dollars are refugees from ridiculously high tax hyper regulated controlled environments so yeah you got to look at money as refugees fleeing giant combine harvests of state power. Money in America, in particular, other places, is a refugee, although with less rape, which is always a plus. So let's look at the big picture. That's why you come here, right? Not to listen to me recite money. Government controls money, and government creates money, and government controls interest rates. Now, when the government starts to control money the rich people get cheap money, right? Because it goes into the banks and it goes into the financial companies and they get cheap loans. So the rich get cheap money and through that they buy rental properties and things that pay dividends and so on. Everyone who's not rich when the government starts controlling money and interest rates ends up having to rent or buy the properties of rich people that they've bought with cheap money and they have to pay high interest rates. Once you have assets, you really don't need to borrow uh, but you will buy things that other people have to pay interest or rent on, and that sucks money to the top of the pyramid. The problem is government control of currency, not the um, uh, not the fact that rich people like to save money. Again, the rich people are a distraction, and they like to be a distraction, because, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, it's not accidental, I would say, that as America is moving up in the ranks of companies that offer really great tax havens overseas— that this um, heavily financial, corporate, invested in, and I would say, relatively controlled bunch of journalists is destroying competition for American tax havens. Rothschilds, of course, you you may have heard of that from a few uh, internet posts. Um, it's a centuries-old European financial institution. They have recently opened a trust company in Reno, Nevada. And um, they're moving the fortunes of a lot of their wealthy clients um, overseas overseas. They're out of they're moving them out of places like Bermuda, which are subject to new international disclosure requirements, and into these trusts run by the Rothschilds in Nevada. They are exempt from international disclosure requirements. So the fact that um, companies which are funding these journalists are directly benefiting from the journalists destroying competition for their business models, eh, it's maybe not. Um, it may be not fully up and up. Uh, it's a great. A business opportunity at the moment, what's happening, uh, because you can say, look, those foreign uh, tax havens, they're dangerous, there's data leaks, but we're secure and we're strong and so on. Uh, there was a presentation given by uh, a person named Penny who wrote, uh, who works for Rothschilds in San Francisco recently. He wrote that the U.S., quote, is effectively the biggest tax haven in the world. The uh, U.S., he added, and then he later took it out from his prepared remarks, lacks, quote, the resources to enforce foreign tax laws and has little appetite to do so so what is really going on well uh, i would argue this this is just a hypothesis i think there's evidence but there's certainly no proof okay <laughs> so This is leftist class baiting, right, to get the poor and the middle class to resent the rich. Why? Because then the poor and the middle class start clamoring for more controls, more regulations. Ah, do you remember the financial crash of 2008 was somehow magically caused by a lack of regulation, even though regulations went up substantially under Bush. So they're going to call for more controls, more regulations, for this kind of activity. Now, rich people, rich corporations, financial companies love this stuff. Why? Because the government doesn't write the regulations. Who writes the regulations that control the financial industry? Rich, powerful, politically connected and wealthy financial companies. They are the ones who write the regulations. And do they write those regulations to benefit their competitors, to benefit smaller companies? Why, in fact, they do not. Being a financial company, a big financial company in the U.S. is fantastic, which is why smaller financial companies that don't get giant bailouts tend to be absorbed by larger financial companies, creating more and more of a government-sponsored cartel, regulatory moat enclosed monopoly series. Uh, they love these big things. It's called regulatory capture. Uh, you stimulate demand for regulation and then you move your people into the government to control which regulations get passed. And you use those regulations to enhance your own ability to control the market and to destroy or cripple or undercut competitors who usually don't have the giant legal departments that big corporations have in order to comply with regulations So they end up selling out, going out of business, in which case you scoop out their clients, or they will sell to you because they simply need access to your legal department because it's pretty terrifying operating in a regulatory environment which um, looks like half the Library of Alexander, um, but in which you end up burning into flames. So, of course, standard race baiting, oh, the rich are getting away. Leftists love that, uh, and big corporations love that because it promotes resentment against the rich. You try and control the rich. The rich, by controlling government, end up controlling you. And they get to keep their profits if they do well in the stock market, and if they fail, say, to... um, adequately prepare for the downside of falling house prices, well, they get hundreds of billions of dollars of bailout money anyway. So it's a rigged game. This is part of the rigged game, I would argue. And that's pretty much all you need to know. Except for this. Yes, the powers that be are going to try and get us to fight each other. And if they succeed, and they generally do, because people uh, seem to react to this kind of socialist um, class-baiting like a bull to a giant red flag, the powers that be, if they get us to fight each other, they are in fact the only ones who win.